All right, guys, this episode is brought to you by Helm Clothing. They were the sponsors for Battle for the Axe. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Super great quality material, awesome rash guards. They make the uh, Kentucky Fried Footlock rash guard. It looks like a KFC um, shirt, and it says a whole bunch of shit about hail hooks and toeholds. And they make some really cool gear. Um, they're a really good company based out of Ohio. Good for the sport, good for everyone involved. And I just love their gear a lot. So I wanted to give them a shout out. You can check them out at www.helm.clothing. Go ahead, check that out and uh, tell them I sent you. Also brought to you by Nogi Nation, Wicked Warrior Coffee, and the Sapatero Invitational. All right. So today, people were asking me some questions on Instagram. So I wanted to go ahead and try to answer some of those. Um, They were mostly talking about, so one of them, mental plateaus. So this is something that you're going to deal with a lot in grappling, combat sports, anything in life, really. When you've been doing something for a decent amount of time, you're going to feel like you're stagnating. And I've gone through these, plenty of people gone through that. I actually just broke out of one. I was kind of stagnant because of my injuries and I was letting it affect me mentally and just, I wasn't really progressing. And even as a black belt and somebody who's been training for a while now, it's really important to always be focusing on progress, you know? So one of the ways that I do this is I try to find something that I'm really not good at and I try to work on it for three to four months. So pretty much every quarter I find something new to start working on. Um, I've been working heavy on my back takes, my guard passing, all that good stuff. And now for the next few months, I'm exploring the pathways between the legs, arms, and back and how they all interconnect. And that, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, it's It sucks though, because whether you like it or not, a lot of people's egos are wrapped up in doing well in the gym. And if that's you, if you're listening to this and you know that's you, that's something you need to deal with because that's really going to slow down your progress long-term. I really think the minute you start realizing that winning and losing in the gym doesn't define you as a practitioner or even as a person, you're going to go ahead and start skyrocketing, okay? If you become okay with getting smashed, not just getting smashed because you suck, but getting smashed because you're trying to work on something that's not your strong suit and being okay with that, then you're going to start progressing. And eventually that position or that submission or that movement that was not your strong suit will become strong and it'll make it a lot easier for you to progress quickly. Because once you get a few of these quarters done where you go through the slumps of the bad and you see the progress that you make, then it's going to be able to transition pretty much all the time in your game, you know, like say, say your back takes suck. Okay. And you spend tons of time working your back takes and you're getting fucked up because you're not hitting it correctly. You're going too fast and people are spinning in, ending up in your closed guard and then you get smashed past that sucks. But once you get to a sufficient point with the reps, you're going to see I mean, it's just reps. It's time put in. You know, if you do every anything in life, you're going to suck at it at first. And eventually you're going to suck a little bit less. And then you're going to be okay. You know, then you might actually turn in pretty good. And then if you keep working at it, you might be amazing at it. 
But it takes that mental fortitude and that patience to break through those plateaus. But don't feel like you're the only one going through it. Everyone goes through it, okay? Every single person in jiu-jitsu goes through mental plateaus. And it happens, right? It happens to the best of us. So don't don't get too down on yourself. Just realize you're going to have to put yourselves in, in comfortable positions, uncomfortable positions, and work from there just because that uncomfortableness will cause growth, all right? Um, another question I got was, how do you deal with personal issues outside and it affecting your training and stuff like that? Well, you know, I've gone through that shit before, whether it's like relationships, um, family stuff, work stuff. Guess what? For me, I always knew jujitsu and combat sports and wrestling and all that stuff was going to be a big part of my life. So if those relationships or that environment didn't fit into my long-term picture, I was okay cutting it out. Okay. And every situation is different. I mean, I'm not going to cut out my fucking mom if she didn't like me doing MMA, you know, it's just something you, you learn to work with. Okay. And I mean, the nice thing about combat sports and grappling is we get to go on the mats and we get to leave our problems at the door. Okay, and there's that meme that goes around all the time. It's the guy walking into jujitsu, his thoughts are like, "Okay, taxes. Am I, what am I doing with my life? Should I go back to school? Do I have enough money? Should I buy a house? All this stuff, you know." And his mind's just like filled. Then you get to jujitsu. All you're thinking is, "Oh man, I'm getting smashed. I need to build my frame back up. Oh, don't let him get that kimura." And it takes your thoughts away from that mental turmoil. Okay. And then you see when he leaves, his mind is blank. And for me personally, jujitsu is the only time that I'm not thinking, okay? And that's been a real problem. Well, not so much a problem because it has helped me a lot. But like that ADD, ADD, ADHD mentality of just like my mind's always running and thinking about new things. Sometimes it's tough to shut it off. And when I'm injured, that's, that's the biggest problem I have is – I can't get on the mats and I can't go to my flow state. And when I'm grappling, I'm just not thinking, you know, everybody's like, Oh, black belt thinks 12 steps ahead. No, I don't think at all. I just react. And that that's why grappling is awesome to me. Okay. And whether if you're bringing your personal issues on the mat, that's something you need to kind of deal with yourself. And that's something you need to sit down, maybe get in some meditation, go through some mental exercises and stuff like that, just so that way you can separate stepping on the mat from the rest of your life. Cause that should be your happy place. Uh, another question I had was how did I end up cornering Spencer at Jits Kings? So I've known Spencer for probably four or five years now. Um, he was in my first ever Sopatero Invitational. It was 160 pounds. He weighed in 135 pounds. Spencer's one of my favorite people in the world. He's had his issues. It's well-documented. He talks about it very openly, but he's in a really good place right now. And I'm really, really happy for him. So, I mean, I've gotten to corner Spencer a few times whenever I'm at a tournament. Like I was, I actually went out there to corner John Combs and Jared Anderson, but Spencer ended up um, through some circumstances of like an event locally going on. Uh, Aaron and Lewis weren't able to make it out. So he needed a corner. And I, I decided he asked me, I hopped in there and uh, I ended up cornering him and cornering Aiden Collins as well because they needed help. And, I mean, it's one thing if I didn't really know them, but Spencer's my boy. I've seen him compete 
dozens and dozens of times. I know his game. I know Ethan Carlson's game. So it was it was a good work and uh, it was a good fit. So yeah, I ended up corner Spencer because I was out there anyways, and he's my boy, and he asked me to. So. That's how I ended up cornering Spencer. And if you see me at a tournament and you know me and I know you and you need a corner, dude, I have no problem cornering you against anyone as long as it's not one of my students or one of my close friends. And even then, like, I corner against my friends all the time. Like, it's just grappling. It's not the end of the world. Um, People might get butt hurt, but if I like you as a person and you need help, I will definitely help you out. And the last question I kind of got was how did I start – getting into jujitsu and MMA and fighting and teaching. So um, I started training in June of 2011. So that was the summer of my senior year of high school or summer going into my senior year of high school. Um, I started training at Wolfpack down in Sarasota under Charles Losanios. Um, They were the only game in town at the time. There was no other real jujitsu in Sarasota. It was, like Champions MMA and Wolfpack. And I I had seen tons of UFCs and everyone says their inspiration was Hoist Gracie. My inspiration was George St. Pierre. I saw him compete a bunch. I saw a bunch of his fights. And I think it was his fight with Matt Hughes where he armbarred him. That's what made me want to start training jiu-jitsu. So anyways, I I started training um, white to blue under Wolfpack. Then I went with my current coach, Bill Murphy, all the way through purple, brown, and black, and I'm still with him. But I um, I just jumped in because it was something I loved, and I started competing pretty soon in. I think I competed like two, three months into training. Did really well. I think I won like four or five matches, and I lost one. Then I started doing uh, some more competitions, and I, I started – the whole reason I started jujitsu is because I want to start doing MMA and I thought that was going to be the best thing. And then I got exposed to like some catch wrestling and all, all the stuff that I've become known for kind of the fusion of martial arts. But I got my first fight when I was about, I think two years into training. It was shortly after I got my blue belt and it was a weird story because this is kind of like back in the wild west of Florida and Florida has always been kind of, off when it comes to commissions and stuff like that. So I I was out cornering one of my training partners when I was living in Brandon in a fight and they asked if I wanted to fight because they needed someone. So I said, yeah, I stepped in and uh, took a fight on like two hours notice. I ended up winning my first fight by second round arm bar. Won my second fight on a week's notice by uh, Americana in 38 seconds. And then the only fight that I actually had a fight camp for was my third and final fight. I had uh, probably like six, eight weeks to train, and I cut down to 185 and won the AFC 185-pound title. But uh, I kind of quickly realized that MMA wasn't for me, not just because the biggest thing was I had a problem getting fights. You know, I only had three fights, but I was probably scheduled for 12 or 13. And a lot of it was people backing out events falling through towards the end a handful was was because of me because I started getting injured and stuff like that and uh, yeah it, it was just tough getting fights and I kind of realized my killer instinct was kind of gone and I didn't want to run into someone that had that killer instinct so I decided to get out of the sport and really focus in on grappling the whole time I, I was teaching as well I started teaching midway through my blue belt because I was running a 
McDojo franchise karate place up in Brandon Riverview area. And they would let me use the mats at night. So I'd run classes and teach and train. And yeah, but that's how I got my start teaching. Then I came down back to Bradenton and started working at this place called Bostock's Martial Arts. I worked there for like five or six years. And that's really where I got to hone my skills as a coach and teacher because, um, and just in general, like they ran an after school program that was their main source of income. And then as a purple belt, they let me start teaching my own jujitsu classes and start my own program and stuff like that. So from purple on purple was when I really started teaching heavy and had my own students and stuff like that. And my own space with an actual schedule where I was teaching like four or five nights a week of jujitsu. And that was, that was kind of how my story started. you know, I just kept going. I, I didn't stop. We moved from uh, one location on State Road 70 to another on State Road 64. We merged with Gracie Bradenton, kept teaching through that, cornering guys. Um, that's kind of when I started to corner some more high-level guys. You'll see me in, like, the corners of, like, Craig Jones, um, obviously, like, Werther. Uh, you saw me in John Combs' corner recently. Like, I started getting known as a pretty good corner guy just because I study the sport. That That's one of my main things is I study a lot of tape, so I'm constantly watching jiu-jitsu, MMA, catch, sub-grappling, all that stuff, and just watching these top guys. So I've, I've really kind of found my niche as a coach and a corner because I just it, – it's something I do. Like even when I was younger, I would just watch fights nonstop. And I could tell you like my brain was filled with, oh, this guy won by this, uh, this date against this opponent and all this stuff. And my brain is just filled with useless jiu-jitsu information and, I mean, and MMA and combat sports in general. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how I started. Um, I opened my own school – Almost a year ago to this day, uh, our grand opening was February 1st of 2019. It's North River Jiu-Jitsu. I teach there six days a week as long as I'm not traveling. Um, We have about 80 students now. I have an affiliate in Scotland. I have an affiliate in Georgia. And I'm looking to pick up a couple more affiliates. I don't really want to get more than five or six of them. But, um, yeah, we're growing, you know. So that's how I got started with coaching, fighting, I mean, and the jiu-jitsu competitions and stuff like that. It's just something I did because I wanted to kind of test off my skills and stuff like that and see where I was at and realize that the stuff I was teaching my students worked and the stuff I was working on. I mean, that's the biggest thing with competition is like whether it's in a cage, on a mat, in the street, wherever it is, it gives you a real kind of analysis of where your technique stacks up. You know, if it doesn't work in a cage, then you see a hole. Okay. And especially when I was really focusing on my leg locking skills and my um, system of leg locks, I wanted to do some more MMA fights and my body didn't really hold up for it, but I got to really test out my skills in high, high level MMA sparring and stuff like that and realize that especially the way I was doing it, my leg locks worked well because they really focused on frames and cutting angles to the point where people were not able to hit you in these positions. But uh, yeah, so that kind of answers all the questions that I got today. Um, Yeah, if you guys want to have a topic covered on the podcast, just shoot me a message on Instagram, handle StarLordBJJ, or you can hit me up on Facebook. Um, 
be on my number, text me or something like that. But yeah. All right. That's my 15 minutes. Remember guys, suck 1% less every day, be a little bit less of a piece of shit every day. I'll talk to you guys later this week.